Dreams often use images of opposites, and one of the most basic pairs of opposites is masculine and feminine. In this episode, we'll look at how male and female imagery adds meaning to the messages from our unconscious. From dreams of protective swords to menacing deer, elephant jewelry to stealing gold, I'll show you how to make sense of the language of dreams. Hello, and welcome to The Stuff of Dreams. My name is Amy Lawson, and my goal is to connect you with your dreams in a more fun and meaningful way so you can interpret the messages your unconscious is sending. Well, it's the fourth episode, and I have to say I've been happy with the positive responses I've been getting so far, so I guess I'll keep doing this for a while. I'm also grateful to all the people on Reddit who are giving me permission to use their dreams. I've been asking more people now because I need a steady stream of dreams for this, and I've been really surprised how many people are giving permission for me to use these most personal images. I think it's just that people understand somehow that their dreams are important, and if they can help other people too, they want to. So I'm heartened by that. And if anybody has a dream that you want to actually discuss with me, please email me through my website, stuffofdreams.fireside.fm, because I'm always looking for guests. And hopefully you can see that when we do back and forth conversation with dreams, we can get even deeper more quickly. So let's get to our first dream containing masculine and feminine imagery. This dream is from an anonymous female dreamer on Reddit. My dream last night was about a city that had prepared two powerful swords, one made of gold and one made of silver, to clash in order to bring light and power to an amethyst orb that will bring protection to the city. I had been placed as an overseer so that the event can go well, but it turns out that the golden sword was replaced with a fraud. I was sent out with the silver sword to search for the golden sword and found it in my brother's possession, and he was working with the neighboring city with greed that the swords will bring power for them to use in war instead. I became determined to bring back the swords and got distracted and saw my divorced parents talking to each other in my mom's backyard. I was suspicious that they were up to no good because my brother stole out of greed and they could be planning on something malicious as well. I pointed a weapon at them, debating whether or not to shoot. I got close but was never able to recover the sword and I never saw the swords clash. I'm confused as to what the swords mean and why my family is involved with them. Please help. Oh, the imagery in this dream is amazing. So... Remember that often a dream location or the dream's geography represents the dreamer's psyche. So to me, the city that will be protected if the two swords are reunited and clashed is the dreamer's whole psyche. The two swords have different characteristics. One is gold and one is silver. She's given the silver one and her brother has stolen the golden sword and replaced it with a fraud. So there we see the opposites of masculine and feminine. And that's actually borne out by the metals as well, because archetypally or symbolically, gold is considered masculine while silver is considered feminine. Gold is the color of the sun and silver is the color of the moon. So again, masculine and feminine. I should point out that this imagery in our dreams isn't sexist in some way. We're not saying that men should only have the masculine attributes and women should only have the feminine ones. No one is purely one-sided like that. And actually, for psychological health and wholeness, it's important to try to integrate our masculine and feminine sides where possible. Because everyone, regardless of gender, has some more masculine parts of themselves and some more feminine, each bringing different strengths to the whole psyche. 
the unconscious is constantly using this masculine and feminine dichotomy to symbolize those opposite forces inside us because masculine feminine is such a basic well-known pair of opposites that we all see come into balance to some degree in our outer relationships and so inside us they also balance and complete each other and help us to integrate i know people who have a real problem with calling these different sides of ourselves masculine and feminine and they want to get away from that some people will use the eastern concept of yin and yang instead which still refers to those opposing yet complementary sides of us. Some people will use solar and lunar instead. But no matter what you call it, these terms are just denoting opposite ends of a spectrum that we all have. So a quick summary, when dream images are feminine, whether they're people or feminine objects somehow, the feminine or the yin or the lunar is related to feeling and sensing It's related to the appreciation of beauty and connection and relatedness. It's related to a slower pace and taking time for reflection, a bit more passive, not so active. Sometimes female characters in dreams are what we call in Jungian terms anima figures. And don't worry about the terminology. I'm not going to try to teach you to talk like a Jungian, but anima figures are like internal guides that want to take us closer to soul, want to bring us closer to our own interiority, to shepherd us into inner work. They want to help us to integrate some of the conflicting parts of ourselves. So you'll often see that with feminine dream characters. On the other hand, masculine dream imagery or dream figures also could be called the solar or the yang to the more feminine yin have characteristics that are more related to action and doing and accomplishing things. They're also more related to thinking and organizing, to order and reason, analyzing things, differentiating things, creating boundaries. And often they have to do with competition or aggression or power. Now, the unconscious doesn't use these with any preset form of judgment. We're not saying that one way of being or acting is better than the other. It's just there's a spectrum, there's a tension between the opposites in us of masculine and feminine. And sometimes it serves us to be listening to those more masculine parts of ourselves that help us get things done in the world and protect us and create boundaries. And sometimes it serves us better to be relying on the more feminine parts of ourselves that are about staying connected and being related and interiority and soul. This dream is definitely stressing the idea of masculine and feminine as complementary, since if the gold and silver swords come together, masculine and feminine, they will be able to protect the city representing the dreamer's self if she's able to unite those masculine and feminine sides. But the golden sword has been stolen by her brother who wants to use it as a weapon for war and violence, rather than as half of a pair of swords that could be used for protection, like the dreamer wants it for. And to me, this is an image of imbalance, of the masculine wanting more power, of the masculine being too out of control, too one-sided. So at this point, I'm wondering if there's something going on in the dreamer's life where she either feels like 
masculine aggressive parts of herself are too out of control or like some elements of masculine power have been stolen from her. More on that in a bit. In the next part of the dream, she's distracted from her quest to find the golden sword because she sees her divorced parents talking to each other. And she's suspicious of that, suspicious that they could be planning something malicious, just like her brother apparently is. And she points a weapon at them and debates whether or not she should kill them. But she decides not to. However, she doesn't recover the sword in the end and isn't able to make the two swords clash for protection. I think this image of her divorced parents talking could be related to her divorced parents in real life, or it could also be symbolizing the interaction between her masculine and feminine sides. I think that sometimes when children go through the messy divorce of their parents, that could lead to some suspicion about whether masculine and feminine can really get along. So I'm wondering if that has any place for the dreamer. She considers killing her parents, but chooses not to, which I think is important because we know that the brother character does want to use the sword for greed and war, but she is not using her weapons for violence. So overall, to me, this dream is urging the dreamer to find that balance between masculine and feminine. It's a message saying you don't have that balance yet. The sword has been stolen from you, but you are trying to recover it. And if you're able to do that, you'll be able to find peace and protection within your own mind. So that's what I wrote to her. And she wrote me back with some more information I want to share with you. So she felt that one of the most important parts of the dream was the fact that she was distracted from her quest by seeing her parents. And she writes, I have a few familial issues and everything involving my immediate family is a bit messy. My parents had a violent divorce and it led to me having a strained relationship with my siblings. I think my relationship with my brother is the most strained and he's prone to angry outbursts. And I feel like walking on eggshells around him because I seriously think that if I piss him off enough, he could seriously hurt me. That's probably why I subconsciously saw him as someone who would want to take advantage of that aspect of me. So there we go. There's evidence that this dream actually works on multiple levels, because if we see the brother character in the dream as a representation of her actual brother, it sounds very realistic that he would be the type that would want to steal the sword to use it for aggressive purposes. But then if we see that brother character as representing a masculine part of the dreamer's psyche, then it totally makes sense why her unconscious would choose her brother as that symbol because he has some of those characteristics. So then she's able to give even more relevant information and do some more interpreting for herself. She writes, For the shooting part, I aimed at my mom first because it's been drilled in my head by dad that she was the one to blame for almost everything wrong that's happened to him, and she acts all righteous, saying that she's always right, and I wanted to prove her wrong. But for dad, he rants to me and my siblings like a broken record about how my mom hurt him. I aimed at him because I'm tired of him ranting and dragging me and my siblings into his pain, and I want him to move on and keep trying to fix his own life already. I wonder if the fact that I was distracted or that I didn't shoot was the reason that I wasn't able to recover the sword, even though they had nothing to do with the swords. My brother and the sword were no longer my concern when I saw my parents in the dream. So in my mind, after reading this, it's possible that I still have a wound concerning my parents that I have to heal from in order to attain inner peace, and I can't do it without cooperating with my brother 
or proving myself worthy of respect from him because the divorce also affected him in a similar way. So number one, this shows me how completely amazing dreams are, right? Because the imagery of these swords and the possible for protection, but then the sword is stolen and she's distracted by seeing her parents. All of that imagery really succinctly encapsulates what's going on for her as far as her inner dynamics right now. And number two, this is what I like so much about dream interpretation because I gave some you know, general suggestions about what these things could symbolize. But then she was able to take that and apply it to, you know, more intimate details of her life in a much more specific way and come up with her own interpretation, which I think means even more than somebody just talking at you and telling you what your dream means in no uncertain terms. I feel like I constantly learn from dreamers as they extend and refine whatever suggestions I'm giving them. And so... Thank you to this dreamer for letting us use those images. I hope other people can learn from them too. Okay, the next dream is shorter, but still very interesting from a masculine and feminine perspective, in my opinion. This dreamer mentions in the information about himself that he is transitioning female to male. And that's going to turn out to be important here. So here's the dream. A few days ago, I had an extremely vivid dream that I was in the forest by my house filling a jar with river water, something I was planning on doing in real life. I looked up from the river toward the woods, and there was a herd of four or five deer. One of them was standing on its hind legs like a human. It didn't attack me, but it felt menacing, like if I went close to it, it might hurt me. I ran back to my house, but the deer didn't chase me. It just stayed still and watched as I left. The dream ended when I was halfway up the field to my house. Today I went to the river to get the water, but I brought my roommate because I was super creeped out. Nothing happened, but I still can't stop thinking about the dream. So there are two main images in this dream, the first of filling a jar with river water and the second of the deer. So we've already talked about how water often symbolizes the unconscious. So to me, this image of filling a jar with river water is about dipping into the unconscious in new ways, sampling it somehow, taking out a small amount of it to use or to experience. And the dream is happening in the woods by a river. This is, you know, an image of natural beauty somewhere where you would expect to feel peaceful and safe. So that makes the fact that the deer seemed menacing an even stronger detail that we have to pay attention to. He says there was a herd of four or five deer and one of them was standing on its hind legs and it felt menacing. It didn't attack, but it felt like it might attack or it might hurt him. When details of dreams are strange or unpredictable like this, I really pay close attention to them because there's some reason that the unconscious chose to express itself in that way that would feel unpredictable to you and grab your attention somehow. So what are we going to make of the fact that this deer felt menacing? In general, when I think of deer, I think of graceful movement. I think of natural beauty. I think of a peaceful nature. You know, they're herbivores. They're not vicious or aggressive. I mean, I guess the male deer with antlers sometimes fight each other with those. But in general, deer are part of a more pastoral kind of scene. And as such, they often represent more feminine parts of ourselves. Remember, some of the characteristics we were associating with the feminine are 
beauty and the natural world are sensing, you know, deer are often on high alert because they don't have good ways to defend themselves. It tends to be more feminine when things go at a slower pace and, you know, deer are just out in the forest grazing all day. They're not hunting prey and putting on great bursts of speed. So I think of deer as feminine. And for this dreamer, that feminine seemed to be menacing somehow. Often in dreams, the other characters represent different parts of ourselves. And so to me, this dream is about the dreamer feeling a little bit anxious or threatened by the more feminine parts of himself, which would make sense as a person who's transitioning from female to male. I think this dream is a message from his unconscious that he maybe needs to do some unconscious work, symbolized by that dipping into the river water, um, and that his relationship with the feminine may seem menacing to him at times. And so his unconscious just wants him to be prepared for that. So I'll admit I was a little nervous to send that interpretation to the dreamer, but I always preface my interpretations by if it doesn't feel right or if it doesn't click for you, just ignore it. So I thought I'd put it out there and offer it. And the response I got was, thank you so much. That sounds very accurate. I've always, and especially now, had a really hard time accepting any feminine quality about myself. I'm more comfortable with my identity than I ever have been, but I invalidate myself very often. I tend to avoid working on those thoughts, and I feel like I'm due for at least meditating on them, as silly as that might sound. Also, I feel like I should add that I consider that forest my safe space, and it was a lot to experience a confrontation in that safe space. Well, that's interesting. There's another of those details that seems contradictory or doesn't quite make sense. Why did this dream, why did his unconscious set this dream in a place where he usually feels safe in real life? I think that was just another way of his unconscious really grabbing his attention, that if this dream had been set somewhere where he'd never been before, it wouldn't feel quite so startling. But to see this beautiful deer creature in a place that he considers friendly and safe for him, and then to feel fear instead, that's going to really grab his attention. And I think that's how the unconscious works sometimes. It just wants to be heard. So I consider this dream another great example of how taking into consideration masculine and feminine imagery can really add meaning to the dream interpretation. Thank you again, Dreamer, for letting us use your dream. All right, we've come to the part of this episode where I force you to listen to one of my dreams. Uh, I think it is still in the theme of masculine and feminine, so here it is. It's nighttime. I'm in a remote part of a city with some friends. We have just stolen some gold and brought it back to an old wooden building set among lots of trees. The gold used to be ours, and we've taken it back, but there are rough types of men after us trying to get it back from us. I know they're hiding and waiting, able to hear us, so I hope to outsmart them. I speak loudly, saying we will make fires inside to melt down the gold and make it easier to carry. I hope the men's laziness will make them wait to attack us till that's done. But I know the wooden building will actually burn down, and I hope once they realize that, they'll stupidly rush in to try to save the gold and be burned and killed, leaving it for us, which will survive the fire. I tell one friend to start small fires to begin with, ones that will be contained at first. I see thin orange and blue flames licking the floor and ceiling in small areas, and see orange sparks coming down from the ceiling and others. I'm scared and hoping more help arrives soon. Another friend is helping me, and I hear her say, I remember all the parts of the city we've been kicked out of before. 
I wake up feeling scared with the rising orange-blue flames and falling orange sparks still in my head. I wouldn't quite call this dream a nightmare, but I definitely woke up feeling anxious, feeling like there were people out to get me who wanted to steal back what was rightfully mine. And that's one of the main images of the dream for me, the image of the gold. Gold often symbolizes inner treasure, our deep self, inner resources. Um, It can be a symbol of perfection or wholeness, kind of like when the alchemists used to think that the, you know, the outcome of their science was going to be turning lead into gold. Having gold is kind of like a symbol of the final step of being integrated or whole. So it's a very hopeful image with a lot of possibility if you dream about having gold. So as usual, let's look at the geographic setting of the dream first. It's nighttime, which already puts us closer to the unconscious, closer to inner workings rather than something outer. And I'm in a city, but I know I'm in the remote part of a city. So I'm not in the center where everybody is. I'm kind of on the outskirts. So to me, that means this functioning in my dream, whatever inner dynamic it is, is something on the outskirts of my usual conscious self. The first action image in the dream is that me and some female friends have stolen gold that used to belong to us. So we've stolen it back and brought it to this wooden building on the outskirts of the city at night. So there's a sense that it belongs to us. But we also know that the men that we stole it from, who are kind of the typical Western bad guys with dark black coats, are coming after us and they're not going to give it up without a fight. So this definitely seems like conflict between masculine and feminine, between men and women. And that makes sense to me because in my psyche, it would be the men who hold the center part of the city. I've probably said before that... In general, I lived a lot of my life in a more masculine way because of all my focus on achieving and on following the rules and wanting things to look black and white. I never had many female friends because I was a little afraid of females as far as I felt like they were more unpredictable in some way and that maybe I didn't quite fit in or understand them. And so I think that's why in my dream imagery... The gold has been in the center of town with these men for a long time. But these female friends and I have stolen it back and brought it to our part of the city. And I think that symbolizes a lot of the work that I've been doing the past several years of getting to know sides of myself that I hadn't really developed before, including more feminine things of slowing down and really paying attention to connections and seeing the richness in the gray areas of life, the things that I can't quite fully understand can just experience. So in this dream, I definitely feel superior to the men. I don't think that's true in real life, but in this dream, they're kind of the the dumb ones. And so I'm going to outsmart them by making this plan of broadcasting the fact that we're going to make fires to melt down the gold and hope that the men will wait until we've melted the gold all together and it's easier for them to carry away. But really, I'm setting a trap and counting on their stupidity to make them rush in and try to save the gold when the fire gets out of hand, because I figure they probably don't know that the fire can't destroy the gold. 
now that I think about it, that image of setting fires is pretty masculine too. I mean, in general, fire is more masculine. It's more active and aggressive. Water tends to be more feminine. So it's almost like I'm fighting fire with fire, fighting the masculine with the masculinity of fire. Hadn't thought about that before. And then I got interested in the two specific women friends who were there helping me. Because as you know, our unconscious chooses people for a reason. Neither of them are people that I've interacted with in a while, but one of them was an abused wife, at least emotionally and probably physically too. And the other one was in a really difficult relationship where she wasn't feeling valued in her marriage at all. Um, There were other priorities in the marriage. And so I think it's interesting that these helpers of mine in reclaiming the gold are women who I don't feel like we're particularly strong or active in in really trying to create a good life for themselves since they were both trapped in abusive or otherwise negative marriages. So I think the reason that my unconscious chose that is to symbolize that have I been trapped in a metaphoric negative marriage with my masculine side where it dominated me too much and kept me from setting the course that I really wanted to set. I think that's probably why. And then there's the sentence that I specifically remember my friend saying, if you ever really remember a certain word or phrase or saying from a dream, the fact that you remember it really strongly probably makes it important. And she said, I remember all the parts of the city we've been kicked out of before. So again, I think that's just reinforcing this conflict between masculine and feminine because it has the connotation of These men have been in control and haven't wanted us in their part of the city. So then I wake up still thinking about the flames and the sparks, and I don't know how the dream was going to end. But I think the point is I had actively been doing something. I had actively stolen the gold back with these women, and we had a plan to destroy the negative masculine figures and try to keep ourselves safe and our gold safe. So I think that's probably an image of some ongoing dynamics of mine because being a doctor and functioning in the world of medicine with all its rules and algorithms and electronic medical records and insurance companies and lawyers sometimes feels very masculine. Just existing in the Western culture sometimes feels kind of masculine because we really tend to value action and logic and reason and external things over the more interior world. So I think this dream was also a message reinforcing the fact that my gold is taken care of by my feminine part and needs to be defended by that part against the more masculine aspects of me that might want to come and steal it back for themselves. So there you go. Probably more than you wanted to know about my masculine and feminine dynamics, but I hope that that was a useful example for you. Okay, let's welcome Sarah to the podcast. I used to work with Sarah, and she's one of the first people that I told about my strange psychology school, which I sort of kept as a guilty secret for a while. And as soon as she found out I was into dreams, she started telling me hers. So that's been fun. Welcome, Sarah. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for coming on and having a conversation about a dream. I think that we can get so much more out of it when there's kind of a back and forth and we can figure out what resonates and what doesn't. So I appreciate your willingness to share. 
So will you tell us your dream? I was randomly in my room and there was a girl and her mother there for some reason. I wanted to give this girl some earrings and I don't remember why. So I brought out a box of brand new jewelry that I had for some reason. It was a lot of stuff that was not my style and was cheap looking. Randomly, there's a lot of elephant earrings and I really have no association with elephants in my day-to-day life. I wanted her to try on a special pair, so I gave her my diamond earrings that were a gift from my mom and a pair of opal earrings. Both were family heirlooms. As she looked at the other earrings in the box, I wanted her to take out the nice ones that I gave her so she could try on the others. I took out the diamonds, and the front of the, the front part of one of them came away from the post. It looked like it had been super glued together. I then took out one of the opal ones and went to remove the other when I saw it was missing. She said that she put it down the disposal because there was now randomly a kitchen sink garbage disposal in my dresser in my room. She was confused about why I was mad. She picked out some jewelry to take home from the box and then left. In all of this, I found out she was in third grade but looked much older. Also, her and her mother were black. It had significance at the time, but I don't remember why now. So did you have any initial impressions after this dream or you were just like, I have no idea? Um, after this dream, I kind of felt a sense of like a bit of longing and like feeling kind of inadequate, but also just kind of confused because jewelry uh, is not really something I ever consider in my day to day life. Also, the elephant part, no association with elephants. and when I woke up, I remember thinking about how it was so important that they were black. And I was like, I really hope my subconscious isn't racist because I feel like I'm not. Um, So those are my initial impressions. So I firmly do not believe that the unconscious is racist. Um, This actually comes up quite a bit in dreams that I see on Reddit, having characters of some different ethnicity. And what does that mean? Why did the unconscious choose that? First, I think we have to remember that the unconscious only speaks in metaphors and symbols. And so when it chooses something black, it probably has more to do with the symbolic meaning of the color black or white and not the ethnicity of the person. Sometimes black characters in dreams can be shadow figures, meaning um, figures that represent parts of us that are less developed for some reason. And again, that's not the unconscious being racist. It's just the unconscious knowing that in real life, shadows are dark. And so it's using a dark color for those figures. I don't think that makes as much sense for this dream. So then I was thinking about what else it could mean that the mother and daughter are black. And sometimes when I have dreams that have black characters in them, I I think that my unconscious chose that because when I think of the black community, I think of how much they value family and connection and their own community. And so sometimes that's how my unconscious is using those characters. I realize that all this may sound like stereotyping or something, but really when we're trying to think about anything symbolically like dreams, we are stereotyping in a way because you can say there are general themes that are true, whether you're talking about people or whether you're talking about the meanings of certain symbols like gold or silver or deer, just like we've been talking about. There's always room for individuality in it because 
you know, a deer doesn't represent the same thing to everybody, but there are some general themes or even stereotypes that tend to hold true. So for this dream, I think that association of family and community with the Black mother and daughter fits. Well, and that also goes along with the elephants, too, which that was the other thing that I picked out of this dream when you sent it to me that I liked, because elephants have the connotation of being very maternal and mothering, too. I mean, their societies are matriarchal. The bull elephants are always out alone, but um, but the female mm-hmm. elephants are the ones who stay in community and rear all the children. Mm-hmm. And so elephants can be a symbol of like feminine wisdom or maternal kind of wisdom or even just mothering. So it made sense to me that in this dream, which has all those feminine elements of mother and child and jewelry and adornment and wanting to give jewelry, which is also a feminine present, that then there would be that other feminine aspect of elephants. Does that resonate yeah. in any way. Yeah. That that makes a lot of sense. It's so interesting how my subconscious was like, oh yeah, this is a dream about the feminine. Let's just throw in some elephants. Like it's so cool. I know. It's like we as Western rational logic black and white thinkers, we don't really think about how the unconscious works that way. But I think that it's way wiser and smarter and knows things that I don't consciously necessarily know. So it can pull out all these symbols. So I always make a big deal of dream geography. And in this dream, you're basically in, is it your own room, your own bedroom or? Yes, my just room at my house in San Francisco. Okay, so that makes the dream seem very current. You know, usually our room is like the the most common part of our psyche where we usually live from, you know, whereas like the basement would be the unconscious or the attic would be like up in our head. So your room is just kind of where you're very centered right now. So this dream is probably about something very current, I would think. And then I like to pay attention to unexpected details in dreams too. So one of the things that struck me about this was that even the earrings that you were thinking were really were really expensive, were really fancy, where family heirlooms started falling apart, right? Yeah. And so so I wonder if that has something to do with family stuff or past stuff where it was supposed to look good on the outside, but it really wasn't worth much on the inside or something about putting on a show, an external show, but really it's falling apart or I don't know what, what kind of, do you have any of those dynamics going on now or before? Um. I think all of that interpretation, I think, makes sense because when I looked back at when I had this dream, it was at the end of March and the day before was my four-year-old niece's half birthday. And for some reason, she thought my brother and sister-in-law were going to throw her a big party, but it's during quarantine and so they couldn't. So she asked us all to send in videos saying happy birthday. And uh, I sent one in and I just felt so, it just felt so hollow and fake because I haven't been able to see her in months because they live in Chicago and I can't travel from San Francisco to Chicago at the moment. And, um, you know, I see all these videos of her and she's just growing up so fast. And I feel like, you know, I'm sending this video with this loving sentiment, but I feel like I'm not being able to see her grow up and give her that love in person that I would like to. So that's what, when you interpreted this for me, it really spoke to that. That makes sense. No, it does. And that adds another layer to the, you know, wanting to give family heirlooms, but but then they're kind of falling apart because you don't feel like you can make the real true connection right now because you can't travel. Yeah. 
So the bones of this dream are you're in your bedroom. There's this mother and daughter there too. And you want to give her jewelry, Mm -hmm. including some elephant earrings. Mm -hmm. And you pull out the family heirlooms, but then they start falling apart. And then the girl has put one of the earrings down the garbage disposal and doesn't understand why you're mad. And then she picks some out and finally they go home. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's the bare bones of the dream. We've talked about the first few parts. What do you think about the garbage disposal? What did you feel like when she put that in there? It, it felt like a, a big loss that I couldn't do anything about because it's a garbage disposal. It's not like a sink where I could take apart the sink and, you know, retrieve the earring uh like I've had to do several times and um but a garbage disposal you can't stick your hand down it and just grab it because it's dangerous so um it just felt like this loss that I had no control over Mm. and so did you still have the sense that this opal earring was really valuable yes yeah and then why do you think she did that. I mean, I was thinking about that. I was like, is it because she's a child and she didn't realize? Or is it because she's a child and she's wiser than us and is like, these aren't actually worth anything, so we don't need them? Like, what do you think? It felt like it was because she was a child and didn't realize what it was worth. And I think the feeling that I'm having now about it and didn't realize at the time was like, I I feel like I want to be able to like give valuable things like wisdom or just love or anything really to my niece. And it feels like I haven't had, you know, a lot of chance to have an in-person personal connection that like she would just kind of like discard it because she doesn't have any association, like uh, deep association with anything from me. And so that's kind of what it felt like. I see. So it's it was kind of even more emphasizing disconnection somehow. Yeah. I wonder why she looked older than she really was. What do you think? Yeah. I don't know. I think actually at the time it felt like I expected her to be more mature than she actually was because she looked older. And I think it may have to do with the fact that my niece is very tall and she's quite articulate she's four she's very verbal good with her verbal skills so I think I put on her expectations of like an older kid to reciprocate all these things when really I mean that's not terribly fair to put on a four-year-old so I think that's what feels like fits in this sense because I pictured her as this you know maybe she was sixth seventh grade but it turns out she's only in third grade so of course she can't understand the significance of family heirloom earrings Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. A lot of dreams have multiple layers. So it definitely sounds like that this dream corresponds to stuff going on in your outer life. And then the other way to look at dreams is to see the characters as parts of yourself. So we could also see them as like a mother, daughter, part of yourself. And so I wonder if there's anything going on right now where this could be a message about you need to let some childlike part of yourself be childlike and not expect it to be older or more mature or knowing the right stuff to do all the time oh well yeah that fits too (laughs) well because of the pandemic for work I've had to take on new responsibilities where I'm in charge of things that I wasn't in charge of before and it's been difficult 
dealing with certain groups of people can be like herding cats. And I feel like it's taken skills that I don't perceive I have. And it's making me feel older than I feel like I am. Um, (laughs) And since I can't really, you know, get out and see my friends who make me feel, you know, young and silly, um, that, that, yeah, that interpretation makes sense in that respect. I love it when dreams work on multiple levels. I mean, that's why your unconscious chose that symbol of, you know, of mother, daughter and wanting to give jewelry to a little girl because that was what was going on in the outer life. So that's what your unconscious thought about. But it's also describing your inner life, too. Dreams are cool. (laughs) Very cool. So to summarize, it sounds like this dream for you was just about about wanting to make that connection with the childlike feminine wanting to give her jewelry and adorn her and make her feel special, um, wanting to give her the elephant mothering kind of energy, but not quite being able to make the connection in the right way, not quite being able to give something really valuable. And she's not necessarily valuing it either. Does that sound like a fair summary? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. The, you know, one more thing I just realized yeah. too is, um, it's turning out that my niece is fairly quote girly in the sense that she tends more towards pink and purple and shiny and princesses. And she likes dancing and all these things that like, I can't relate to. So it's hard for me. It's been hard for me to think of things that I could give her that she would like, because I can't relate to any of that. I never, I I never wore dresses. I never, um, I, I really wasn't a fan of Disney blue was always my favorite color. I refused to wear pink or purple or anything feminine, really. <laughs> so um, I think that adds another layer of like, I don't know what to give you. I don't know how to make this connection. You know, one more thing of all the jewelry, it did strike me as interesting that it was earrings because right now I can't wear anything other than earrings to work for any kind of like personal mm expression. Mm -hmm. And I have a lot of them as a result. Um, I even pierced my own ear the other day. Oh, (laughs) worked out very well. It's feeling great. And, um, uh, don't try this at home. Yeah. Um, and so I think since I don't really do a lot of jewelry, but then do have earrings as a sign of personal expression, I think that feels like why my subconscious chose to have that as part of the dream in the adorning sense rather than necklaces or bracelets or something like that. Yeah. Oh, well, and that's, that's nice then that it chose that symbol. That's really like most meaningful to you. That makes it feel even more personal and heartfelt that you want to connect with this little girl. I also want to point out that in the beginning of our conversation, right after you told us your dream, you said that jewelry wasn't really something that you think about much in your everyday life. So you thought it was weird that this dream was about jewelry. But now that we've spent more time in this dream, you came up with that association of earrings as your sign of personal expression that you'd want to share with your niece. So that's just a good example of how when you spend time with dreams, you often see more and more layers that you hadn't put together before. 
Okay, so I always end my podcast by trying to reclaim the word real into the land of dreams, right? Because I think that the messages that we get from dreams are real, not imaginary. So, Sarah, in addition to the messages from our dreams, what's real? That's a great question. After listening to three episodes of your podcast, I knew you were going to ask me this. And the thing that strikes me every time I listen to those three episodes and think about what is real to me, the thing I'm realizing during this pandemic and with the changes in my job, real is like connection, both physical and emotional, just connection with other people. That's real. Real to me is something that is there in all senses. So if you close your eyes, you can still talk and be in connection with someone or you can touch them. And if you say nothing and have your eyes open, then you can still see them and you can see their expressions and feel feel how they feel. And I feel like more than any tangible thing or virus or whatever, it's the connections with other people that are real. Yeah, I just read a dream last night about why do I keep dreaming right now of people hugging me? And I was like, of course you are, because your dream is compensating for what you're not getting in real life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Actually, I had a dream like that last night, too. <laughs> oh, there you see, it's very timely. Um, I mean, I do think sometimes there's common themes that multiple people are dreaming at once. Mm-hmm. I haven't said what I think is real on any of these, so I'm going to do that on this episode. One of the things that I've been watching lately that I think is so real is on Disney Plus. It's called Encore. And Kristen Bell produced it. And they get casts of high school musicals back together 10 or 15 or 20 years later to put on their show again. And it's so real because the dynamics still come back and, you know, they all look a lot older, but they're still, you know, getting to know and connect with each other even if they haven't seen each other in years and it's just it's very real somehow and I love it that's awesome (laughs) oh I'll have to look for that everyone should watch it called Encore on Disney plus okay I did not get paid to say that okay thanks Sarah oh thank you so much for having me I'm so happy that you're doing this because I know you've been talking about this for a while yeah Scott's still mad at at Dan because when Dan said I should finally shut Mm -hmm. up and just do this podcast I listened but Mm -hmm. Scott had been saying that for a while and I didn't so Mm -hmm. I think they might feud next time they see each other but that's okay I would love to see that (laughs) they're both hilarious and that would be amazing (laughs) and that's our show for tonight in the next episode we'll focus on recurring dreams how to make sense of them and how to watch them change over time Head on over to my website at stuffofdreams.fireside.fm to find show notes for each episode where I summarize the dream interpretation principles we discuss each week. You can also find links there to my favorite dream interpretation book, our subreddit, and my email for sending in your dreams. Thank you so much for listening, and if you liked it, I encourage you to tell a friend about it this week. Let's get more people fluent in the language of dreams. Bye for now, and I hope you dream tonight. so crazy it makes me so neurotic i'm like i'm like i don't know how to do this really and i'm just like winging it and then i keep getting people like telling me that my voice is great and i seem like a natural and i'm like oh if you only knew (laughs) i never thought about my voice at all at like as like an asset scott's like that's really weird too i mean i never hated your voice but i never thought about your voice and like yeah i was like that's because it's always shrill because i'm yelling at you and he's like